Hey, welcome to the Town Hall Academy, episode 137, as we share the language of welcome. Now, we're talking about communicating and building relationships with a diverse and changing customer demographic. I had an Asian customer who said, I don't speak any English. I said, so is there somebody in your family that we can speak to? Gets his daughter on the phone. All of a sudden, now he speaks English to me. I'm like, what just happened? Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm Capriato here, and I'm so glad to spearhead the topics that must be discussed in the industry. And just a moment to thank Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their support of the Town Hall Academy. Did you know this about Jasper? Well, they have over 2,000 associates, three manufacturing facilities, two distribution centers, and 45 branch offices all across the country. And they're all working to produce, transport, and deliver the perfect product for you. And that's what they do best at Jasper. Keep customers happy so you can. Hey, did you know that many loyal subscribers choose to listen during their commute time? Call it Drive Time University. That's what it is. Not only on your commute, but put in the earbuds while on the elliptical, walking the dog, or kicking back. Catch the podcast on over a dozen free players and even on your desktop. So many ways to listen as you hear the voices, ideas, and insights that are shaping important dialogues and the future of the aftermarket. Hey, keep in mind, leaders are readers and find all the books we mention on the podcast on the books page on my website, remarkableresults.biz slash books. Hey, you can find the talking points for this episode in my guests' bios and links to their previous episodes at remarkableresults.biz slash A137. Hey, now enjoy a fresh dialogue with Bill Nalu from Interstate Auto Care, Madison Heights, Michigan. We actually broadcast live from Bill's shop on that Friday. And also Frank Lloyds is here from Desert Car Care in Chandler, Arizona, and host of Wrench Nation and Brian Glowski, South Street Auto Care, Rochester, Michigan. Hey, our topic is the language of welcome. Now we're talking about communicating and building relationships with a diverse and changing customer demographic. The panel has experience in many different cultures and offers ideas on the language and customs gap, having patience with your customer and taboos you need to learn and understand. You know, we're here to talk about the language of welcome. Wow. Uh, a heavy topic. Of course, uh, it's something that we probably, no, no, not probably, that we need to talk about because our customer base is getting so diverse. You know, and Bill's got such fabulous, in, in his beautiful, beautiful facility here, uh, greetings of welcome in every different language on his wall, which I, I know has motivated you to say, hey, let's talk about the language of welcome, building relationships with a diverse community. I reached out to Carm back when we knew this was going to happen. And I, and I said, Carm, I've got an idea to pitch to you. And I've got this, this decal here above our coffee area that's got the word welcome in umpteen different languages. Welcome. Yeah. And, and the, reason, the reason that that was sort of the impetus to, to sort of what we were doing is I thought to myself, what exactly separates me? What, what is my why? Why does a customer drive by three other locations? three other facilities yeah. to come to us. And I think it, it would be nice if we had a customer that would be able to, to tell us that. But I think it's, it's what is the feeling? What, what does it feel like 
Do you get a sense of who the people are that are working on your vehicle while you are in this space? Who runs this thing here? Why is it that these people do what they do? Is it just mainly for profit? Surely there's a bigger why here that we can we can talk about. And so we'll discuss that. The other part of this is the cultural differences in dealing with folks. Um, a lot of us, uh, to our detriment, are offended when somebody talks about price. Well, why so much? How come so much? And we fail to recognize that this is an opportunity for us to educate a customer that may not be a native born. You know, Frank and I are both immigrants, you know, come in Germany is not the case, but in my case, I mean, I still have a green card, man. But, but in, in, in my native Iraq, I mean, you've got to understand that you've got to climb over people in order to get the last loaf of bread at that store. If you don't, your family doesn't eat that day. So you come to a place like America where the price is sort of the price and you wonder why there's this disconnect where we say, well, this is what it costs. And somebody says, well, can you, can you give me a discount or can you do whatever? And if we don't have this conversation with somebody that says, if we don't do this in a, in a, in a, as a marketer, if we don't say to somebody, what will it take for us to do business today? We can do that this time. Maybe the next time we don't do that. Maybe, you know, on, on a, on a handshake, there's a lot of, a lot of times folks, if you don't barter with them, and yeah. this, is, this is the way business is done but, in many but, countries, but, but, but if you don't you, barter, it's an insult to but, somebody. But, but the reason we're having this discussion and the reason that the aftermarket needs to listen up here is that our neighborhoods are becoming more diverse than ever. And, and, and as you have learned, and Frank, and as you have learned, and Brian, I know you're in the neighborhood too, you guys have learned there's a completely different w- a way to approach, uh, you know, years ago, it's, it's not the same anymore because there's customs, right, Frank? Yeah, of course. I mean... Uh, years ago, uh, my first garage back in the mid nineties, I, I had a, I had like a dictionary of automotive terms translated into Spanish. I think CarQuest had the book out. I don't know if you guys remember that. Cause I was in a neighborhood where, yeah, I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't make an attempt to translate, yeah. you know, brake pads and frenos and things like that. So, I mean, I think the point is like, we shouldn't cross our arms because people feel that energy. If, if someone from Russia or, you know, wherever have you comes in, they're already nervous. They already know, you know, their 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 fears more what they don't know. And so now this added about their car. And now this added yeah, layer yeah. of, I can't, I can't, I can't speak the language. So yeah, the more we make people comfortable. You know, we talk about the disc test a lot on the show and learning people's communication styles and how does a dominant communicate well with an extrovert? Because there's a barrier there and you have to learn how to crash it down. And as an Italian, for an example, Frank, you know, we love to have a relationship. We love to know people. And if you're in a, and if you're in an Italian neighborhood, you know that you assimilated into that. But if you're new and you're, you're, you're just starting in business and you're young, you, 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 got the school of hard knocks coming at you right now and how to assimilate different cultures it's like can you imagine you know your daughter you're giving your daughter away so somebody shows up and says i want to marry your daughter right no 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 we sit down we have dinner we have wine you tell me a little bit about yourself you ask me about myself we have a it could be an hour before that that conversation even gets broached now we're not saying we've got to spend an hour with a customer. We're just saying you want to find out a little bit. Let the customer sit in, in your waiting area, experiencing sort of what exactly makes this place different. While you're inspecting the vehicle at that point in time, would it kill you to have some 
some things that sh- that show the customer a little bit of goodwill. Maybe there's some some hot coffee. Maybe there's some. In our case, we have hot water for some tea because we've got tea drinkers. You know, not everybody a, is a coffee drinker. Recognizing those cues and those clues yeah. is the difference between saying to somebody. You know, this is, we're part of the community too. We yeah, but some of that, I mean, speak I, that language. people, people, uh, they understand the place looks good. It smells good. There's coffee and stuff, but there are certain taboos that we don't know about. Right. So for example, and you know this, uh, you know, my wife is from Lebanon and, uh, you have a rich history coming from Iraq and, but do we really understand when we meet, uh, someone from the Middle East that the left hand that's taboo. Anything left hand. Or the Japanese. Think about the Japanese. When we're pouring out and we're explaining things, it's more of a giving with both hands. It's two hands, yeah. It's two hands. So I'm not saying that we reinvent the wheel, but, you know, we... It's easier to it's develop easy. a relationship if you yeah, know that. Yeah, a couple of little nuances. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, no, we're not looking to move in with their family. Uh, well, maybe at my garage, I don't know. But, you know, my thing is make these attempts to make people feel comfortable. I mean, I know uh, some of our folks are out in San Diego, East San Diego. There's a big population of Arabic people out there, Turkish and Iraqi and Yemenis. And and so, you know, how do we become a part of the community? Yeah. You know, I'm from Indiana. I'm not, you know, that sort of thing. So I think we should. I think what you did on your wall... That speaks large yeah, measures. Brian, you believe in patience to develop. Well, you know, if you're it ends with any customer, and you show a little patience, and it can go a long way. But those communities, they're so tight knit. You show a little patience and a little understanding of their difficulties. They become they can become some of the most loyal customers that you'll have, and some of your biggest advocates. How do um, you? I got to interject. How do you become patient with someone that came up in a culture? of hardcore negotiating, and if you weren't on top of my ultimate price, not your labor rate, like, patience is good, but how do we get to the bones of, you know, somebody beating us up on price? you got to understand that that's not a personal thing. It's not about you. It's about what they're used to doing and what they feel that they've got to do for their own best interest. It's in their nature. Yeah. And then you just kind of have to go through and go, look, this is why we're different. This is why we're better than the places you're going to. This is why this has value to you. Uh, once I show you that this has value to you, even though it's more than what you thought you might want to invest in in, your, in this particular vehicle, uh, they get to understand that you're not just charging X because you feel like you should make X. There's a reason for that price. And if, you can make, if it can make sense to them, if you can explain it in a way that makes sense to them, um, yeah. They will accept it, and then they'll tell their friends that, hey, this place treated me respectfully. They were patient with the whatever language barrier there might be. They did a great job. Uh, it's it's you know all, all about creating loyalty at that point. Do you just plain old well, ask what you know? What, what do we need well, to do well, to, Brian, to make it work? Brian just dropped a bombshell. It's a tight knit community yeah. that talks to each other much closer than than the than the public at large. Yeah. So if I can. If I can identify a service provider or a restaurant that treats me with respect and that sort of understands my needs, you know, it could be language related, right? I had an Asian customer who said, I don't speak any English. I said, so is there somebody in your family that we can speak to? Gets his daughter on the phone. All of a sudden, now he speaks English to me. I'm like, what just happened? He says, well, I'm afraid. So he could speak English enough to be able to explain to me. He wasn't sure of himself? He wasn't sure. He needed his daughter. He just needed his daughter. And so the daughter sort of introduced us at that point in time. And so now he brings folks over Uh, and we're the place 
that treats people with respect. And it's just amazing how one person can be the anchor point, like you're saying, Brian. We actually have uh, one of our uh, staff members is actually Filipino. Has lived there. I think he was even born there. Uh, and once he started, once he was at the counter, it it was a vast difference in the number of Filipino customers we got. Uh, and, and to be honest, even like um, uh, Korean and Chinese, because they saw his face and they felt more comfortable. As soon as they walked in the door, a lot of them would walk right over to him and start talking to him. And you know what I'm saying? They felt comfortable. And the, the inflow, there was an influx of people from those communities that came in because now they felt comfortable and they told their friends, hey, by the way, you know, you can go there and, and, and they're going to treat you respectfully. What about marketing? Like some of us have marketing programs. Let's just talk about like the exit marketing. A lot of us will do something when someone's coming in. I always wonder if there's taboos on what we're giving because that could be taken as could be taken wrong with certain yeah. cultures. You know, like if I give, I don't know, a coffee cup, a magnet, whatever we're doing. Or who you hand it to. Or who, exactly. If like, there's a husband there, and a wife there, and it's a Japanese couple, I, you know, I, I hate to think that I have to not make a mental note to not hand it to the wife. I have to hand it to the husband, yeah. unless he then defers and she, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. have to, if they're that, uh, I guess, old school, you have to be careful of that kind of yeah. stuff. What I always uh, do is I always, if they're, if they're standing together, I'll always say, you know, who, who should I call first? And then, then I'll know sort of the hierarchy. And interestingly enough, I've had uh, customers of, of Muslim uh, religion that come in. And interestingly enough, the wife is taking the lead on the car repair. And for all the things that we think of, we, we think to yourself, the man's, right. you know, here's the wife, it, more often than not, taking charge of the, of you know, call me, I'm handling this. And like, why, this is, why do you the, think the, the miracle of, of America? And that is that it doesn't matter what the cultural differences are that you're you know, coming to that. At some point, it's a matter of practicality. I've got to work 10, 12 hours a day. The wife is going to be the housewife. She's, you know, she's the house manager. And so she's going to be the person to be able to reach and handle all this, especially if we're coordinating loaner cars or rental cars or or, or uh, shuttling folks back and forth. Um, and that's a, that's a, a wonderful thing. Be, but asking permission ahead of time, finding out sort of who do I need to call? What is the, what is the you know, do you prefer to be texted? And, and some people prefer to be talked to. You send a text and it's sort of almost an insult. You mean you want me to buy $750 worth of, of services and, and this is a text message? I mean, it's generational, it's cultural. There's all these layers that we have to be aware of. How about like with my case, you know, I'm not always in the garage. I've got a great crew, great team, but I'll show up, you know, whatever, two in the afternoon and I'm hugging everybody. <laughs> and I'm, like I'm a hugger. Yeah. But, you know, what happens when that hug didn't go down right? <laughs> it could ruin the whole deal. Okay. Yeah. So are you ever cautious when you're approaching someone that no. you don't know? I mean, know? I think outside of what we're talking about culturally, some would say, well, Frank, you got to be careful. Hashtag me too and all this kind of stuff. But I'm going to hug. I'm a hugger, <laughs> but I have to be careful with culture. You can't do business with everybody, period. This is true. This is true. But even worse when like, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know what the dynamic was leading up to it, but we, we sort of have this, this energy in our garage that, you know, has, we hug, man, we smile, we hug, we, we love. And, and sometimes that's not, you can't get too close that way. And that's, that would be my shortcoming. Hey everybody. Yeah. Thanks. It's going great. Uh, by the I way, I want to hug you. 
A vehicle is more than just transportation. It's what we depend on to move our most precious cargo, our families. As a service professional, you provide routine maintenance for your customer's vehicle, but what do you do if the engine, transmission, or differential fails? Contact Jasper, of course. Jasper provides your customers with a cost-effective alternative to purchasing a different vehicle. Quality, remanufactured products from Jasper Engines and Transmissions carry a nationwide warranty with up to three years, 100,000 miles parts and labor coverage. Get your customers back on the road fast as Jasper offers immediate availability through two distribution centers and a network of 45 branch locations nationwide. If a new vehicle is not in your customer's budget and the engine or transmission in their car, truck, van, or SUV has given its last performance, a remanufactured drivetrain component from Jasper Engines and Transmissions will provide them with many years of trouble-free driving at a cost many times less than that of a new vehicle. For customer satisfaction, choose Jasper. So matching style can be important in matching tone, right? Well, I mean, and that's with any customer. But uh, one of the in, in any kind of sales training, if you've ever had like professional sales training, they talk about matching the customer's tone. Don't be high energy if they're kind of low key and direct. Uh, but also the the style in which they negotiate and discuss things that can be just as important. Any kind of radical difference in your style or your tone from compared to the customers, and whether or not you're doing them, we're doing right by them, that friction can cause them to be uncomfortable, yeah. to step back and say, this is not the guy for me, therefore this is not the place for me. Uh, so you just got to be careful to, to, to be perceptive on who you're dealing with, uh, get to know them a little bit, and, you know, in a match with their... Brian, with their any walkouts because of the diversity issue? Any walkout is not going to just walk out. They're going to say, let me think about it. Okay. And did you ever feel that it was a poor sales job or it was that they couldn't relate to you because you did something wrong? Uh, I'm sure I've had, I mean, I've been doing this since 1996 on and off in different ways. I'm sure I've had people um, who have felt that. I don't know that I've ever necessarily felt that on my end, but, you know, that's kind of the way that they, anybody who's going to walk out for those reasons, they're going to do it in a manner where they're trying to be as uh, inoffensive as possible. So you might not know. You might not know until somebody else follows up. Hey, everybody. I'm with Bill Nalu, Interstate Auto Care here in Madison Heights, Michigan, where we're coming live. Frank Lloyds from Chandler Auto Care and Wrench Nation and Brian Glowski from South Street Auto Care, Rochester, Michigan. Bill, what have you learned from uh, a, a problem that you may have had because of diversity? With with folks from the Middle East, uh, and then I think I think you, you would see this with other cultures as well, but you know, I'm, I'm particularly sensitive to it because that's my heritage, yeah. is whatever the price is, you'll hear something, you'll hear the word jida'wa, which means why so much? And uh, Barry Barrett is the one that broke the code on that for me years ago. And that is that if you answer that with an answer, rather than answer that with a question, it's a totally different dynamic. And so it's amazing what you find out when you say to somebody, well, tell me about that. Do you know how much a battery costs for this vehicle? And 99.9% of the time, you're going to hear, well, I, I, I have no idea. Because they haven't done any research. And so sometimes it would behoove us to just say, let me just, if you if you like, I, I can explain so we can break this thing down. And a natural tendency is to say, why so much? How come so much? How come so much? Because they don't know the, the next, they don't really know the right question that, to ask. That's them. the beginning point of the negotiation, because then we're going to, there's going to be layers of negotiation. And so, again, it's one of those things where you could just shut it off and say, nope, you know, this is, this is the price, this is the price. The problem with that is that's what's happening online. So if you can't handle somebody asking for a price at the counter, 
Is it possible that the same pattern is developing online but, and folks are hanging up, but frustrated? Bill, Bill, are you saying that your Middle Eastern customers are always going to negotiate? Uh, not necessarily. I think it depends. I mean, we obviously we have a, a, a um, different levels of folks that have been here for 30, 40 years. You know, we've been, and then we've got folks that just got here. And I think the, the, the greener you are as an immigrant, the more you think that you're walking into, you know, prices here, we're going to settle here All somewhere, right. right? So you got a brand new customer, they're from whatever old country, I mean, I don't mean to say the word old, but yeah. when I grew up in the Italian neighborhoods, yeah, everybody yeah. said it was the old country that they came yeah. from, right? Uh, but you have a brand new customer that comes in, uh, you know that there's going to be a cultural gap. Uh, you work your butt off to make them a customer in the fashion that they're used to? I think we, and we all do this to a certain level. I think you just want to figure out whether we're in this, where, where, where we exist in this, on the same field here. Are, are we, are we totally, you know, is this customer coming from a, a place that is so unrealistic that spending five, 10, 15 minutes isn't going to get us there? And so sometimes you've just got to, be able to say, so what do you think this should cost? Well, I have no idea. Well, let me tell you what it should cost. And if you call four other places, you're going to be within about 20 bucks. The difference is we've got this, this, and this, and this that makes our deal better than anybody else's because it's going to be done in two hours. Do you have to sell harder? I think if you're going to call yourself a salesperson, if you're going to call yourself somebody who's a marketer, if you believe in that brand, how would you not want to keep your, your knife edge razor sharp? I wouldn't want anything less than somebody who is constantly testing my ability to be able to translate the value, the fact that I'm the best deal in town today. And if we don't do that, we might not deserve that customer. And I don't know that it's actually selling harder at that point. Yeah. Uh, to me, selling harder are, are the customers who want a little bit of, I almost a little bit of conflict contention. Under, the, under those circumstances, I almost say you're selling softer at that point. It's just a, a more protracted, slower, you know, more relaxed kind of, you've got to make it a more relaxed kind of uh, encounter for them. I, uh, with my staff, because we, we've bounced back and forth over the years, uh, we actually set somewhat in stone, right? Obviously you train on your shortcomings. And one of those is, you know, what happened with the walkout or maybe we presented three of the recommendations out of the nine, you know, what are we doing to get that business back? So when we have a conflict, we've kind of weighed out, well, how do we, how do we deal with this whole price negotiation thing? And honestly, we just settled on a very simple thing. And I like what you said, Bill, about just being straightforward about it and declaring we pay for technicians to have a livable wage. Now, if you're dealing with folks, I don't care if it's my brothers and sisters from Israel or Italy or Uganda. How can you not respect that we are charging for our team mm -hmm. to have a livable Wage, it, it, livable, and I get, I get, yeah. I get fruity pebbles over this because I'll tell you why. We just need to declare this is what we charge, and it's okay. So if we are going to negotiate, we are going to negotiate, which we all do our homework. We set up those options: alternator A, the Denso alternator, and then we have maybe this, uh, you know, entry level alternator. That's the negotiation. In other words. If it's a $600 gig on an alternator, we'll give you the option. Let's go with this $400. Otherwise, why should I not protect not only my profit, 
but my people in any language, what language doesn't speak profit? Here's the other part that you just said that that reminded me of something. Clarity is that much more important when you're dealing with somebody who whose native language isn't English. Because what happens is if you don't have this stuff, if you don't send an, a, a, a digital inspection, if you don't send an estimate with numbers, we all understand numbers. Every number is the same in any language, right? If you send that digital estimate and all of a sudden now it's like, I, I, I thought it was 400. I, I heard you say 400 or not 800 or whatever it might be. When you're clear with somebody then they understand you're you're going to hold them accountable for their for their end of the bargain, right? We agreed this is what it was going to be. That we agreed what time it was going to be. Goods and services are delivered here. What's the problem? And more often than not, they look at that stuff, say, "Oh, you know what? You know, English is my second language, right?" And because they understand that somebody's somebody's being really crystal clear with them, and they don't have that option to be able to say, "Well, you know what? I'm sorry, I didn't understand. I you know, I just didn't. My English isn't that great." Uh, and and you run into that every now and then, but not to the level where it becomes really uh, disruptive for the business. But it's just every now and then, it's a reminder that you want to be crystal clear with that customer, especially when it's somebody that can say, my English isn't that strong. I didn't understand you. Well, now what do you do? Yeah. Well, I thought you said 400. Now where do we go from here? And on the tail end of what he said, sometimes you get to that point where you have to say, yes, this is what we, there, we're selling this living wage. If we came to where you were working, would you want to work for half of what they're paying you now just so the customer can get the deal that you're looking to get? I just think, uh, I think the industry overthinks it, honestly. I, I just think that we, maybe some of us are not as proud. Maybe some of us aren't as uh, etched in our bedpost of experience all these mistakes and failures that we've made charge accordingly which most of us understand and be proud of that in a way that's respectful to all languages and you know again if there's going to be a negotiation you know we're going to negotiate on an option and you know uh, i started in 1995 ridiculously making horrible mistakes missing out 18 my daughter, who's uh, 23 now, I missed out the first three years of her life because I was working 18 hours a day. I was everybody's friend, Russians, Spanish, whatever it was, Americans, because I was the cheap guy. <clears throat> and the cheap guy, everybody loves the cheap guy. And what's the negotiation? Frank, what kind of donuts or bagels you want? That's what they're negotiating. Frank, <laughs> Frank, you bring up such a great point for anybody who's starting out in business today. Isn't that the strategy? Well, I, I tell you, what else do we know? I mean, if yeah. we're not, if we don't, Honestly. if we're not into coaching, we don't have yes. any peer group system. Uh, you know, back in the day, Mitch Snyder was my hero. He still is. Yeah. And we, I'd read some of his articles and realize, holy cow, I'm not like... There are other people that are idiots like me when they yeah. start, you yeah. know, and so you just have to, I think in all cultures, there are certain aspects, there are certain nuances yeah. uh, that, that you want to be careful of, but profit is universal. Profit is a global thing. Profit is all languages. And I think at the end of the day, let's not get into this spiel. Let's just say, hey, listen, I, you know, I've decided my operation, my business model in the community, we want to pay good money, so I don't have the turnover. And if there's anything that we can do to align your direction, let's look at this option here, okay? Let's look, let's look at the options. Options are key, negotiations aren't. Remember that. 
If we get negotiations out of our head, like I'm not doing a deal for Goldman Sachs. I'm not the country of Ireland. You know, we're not negotiating. We're giving options. Got it. People want options. He makes so much sense. He really does. And you know what we should do, Frank? We need to do a podcast episode, Town Hall, uh, to help our young startups uh, get almost like cut cut their startup from you know five year mistakes down to uh, get it going, get it started. Uh, well, it's emotional too. If we think about yeah. this, all of us can agree without getting sidetracked that we go from you know it's it's emotion and logic, right? It's fear and greed. These are things that we play with on a daily basis. And so when you're starting out, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot. I mean, there could be some logic, but there's the unknown that we don't have yep. whatever culture. And so uh, absolutely there should be a library. There should be uh, something to help, help uh, youngsters out in, in those starting out. Thanks for, thanks for that. Uh, great stuff. And by the way, Mitch, uh, been on the show twice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course well, we, we did his interview recently on, you know, post recovery yeah. and uh, I'm interviewing him in a few weeks on the book. Misfire. Misfire. I yeah. bought the book. You it's did? coming. Cool. When I get back yeah, yeah, into yeah. Phoenix, yeah. Uh, yeah. although I don't want to leave your shop, I want to, I want to I wanna come work for you. We're hiring. Yeah. All right, I can. Uh, I was going to go back to school. All right, yeah, sir. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Frank, you sent me some fabulous talking points, and you know, in our remaining few minutes here, and I'll give every one of you a, a final uh, close up here. You you sent me some great things about the different cultures and what they like and, and they don't. And you had mentioned what Germans love. Well, beer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you put steins yeah. on your service counter? Yeah. That could be a start. Uh, Germans are very straightforward. They don't want a lot of malarkey. So a guy like myself, I like to have fun, maybe sometimes too much fun. I may, I may not be positioning myself well when they just want the straight facts. Boom. Done. Aust straight facts. Australians. Well, Australians. I had a, I had a, a, a guy in recently. We had, what is the stuff? The, what is that stuff they put on their bread? Vegemite. Uh, Vegemite. Yeah. Vegemite. Yeah. Well, Australians are fun. If just mentioned Vegemite, but I tasted the Vegemite. Have you ever had the Vegemite? No, no, thank you. No, not me. Not good. But he, 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 he bought the repair. That's all they got. But, but, you, but you mentioned that they deliver on time. You've got to be timely with them. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, they're very conscientious of time. The Chinese may not accept your gift right away. Yeah, be careful with that. I mean, there's a whole thing uh, uh, with our Chinese brothers and sisters where there, there's certain taboos, even with folks that come here and, and they're learning our culture. Uh, in my neighborhood, uh, we're in the corridor, tech corridor, where I have Intel and I have microchip, and we have a lot of folks from India and China. And yeah, there's there's certain things that you you need to have uh, under your belt before you start approaching. Because what will happen is you get that look, and you're like, okay, what did I just do? And then that's a walkout. Yeah. Or that's a, hey, you know, I just button it up. I'll pay your inspection fee. And you're saying like, okay, was it really price or was it something I did in mannerisms? Got so, it. Yeah. Russians. Ah, das Vidanias. What do you want to say about Russians, Bill? <laughs> I, think, I think they're straightforward also. I would, I would if, if we had a spectrum, I'd put Russians closer to Germans. You know, in terms of sort of they want straightforward, not a whole lot of negotiation. You said to me, Frank, that Russians may consider smiling as weakness and insecurity. Absolutely. I mean, look at yeah. Putin. How many times have you seen Putin? Putin's always got that. That I mean, so I, yeah, I don't want to. Always a bear. I mean, there are bear. shops in Brooklyn right now, Brooklyn, New York, that have a rich yeah. community of Russians, yeah. and they're probably a bunch of people that don't smile. <laughs> Israelis don't do business on Fridays. Yeah, you have to be mindful yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah that's a so, religious. 
this, everything shuts down. And I love the connection to the South Koreans. Karaoke? Well, they love music. Yeah. I mean, so Bill, get a karaoke that's what, that's machine. Next. Right yeah. next to the Gallagher machine. I mean, yeah. they, karaoke Tuesdays. I don't know if anybody it, knows that Bill's got two, uh, two uh, you know, it, I'll video you, machines. So here's, here's a quick story. And this is sort of, this is what I'm talking about when we're talking about making something. If Are you welcome worthy? Are you a shop that, that welcomes people? So I had a lady drops a, a can of pop on the front counter and she says, uh, I knew exactly where this was going right ahead of time. She said, I was like, what are you doing? She says, uh, I want to pay for this pop. I said, did you see a price on the refrigerator? She says, no. I said, why do you think this costs? She says, well, I wasn't going to presume. I said, if, you know, if I was a guest in your home, would you charge me for the pop in your refrigerator? She says, no. I said, why not? She says, because you'd be my guest. I said, why are you not my guest here? She says, wow. Okay. So wow. she walks away. She comes back. And she says, well, at least let me have some quarters for the, for the arcade machine. I said, did you see a place to put quarters in it? She goes, oh, okay. She walked away. And uh, without... You have that, to be that careful. That was the beginning of that relationship. This is something she's never seen, but she's never seen somebody it's out of her comfort zone. And I, and and now we've not changed sure. that we've changed this customer's expectations so that when I walk into an automotive repair facility, it shouldn't smell like a repair facility. Guys shouldn't be look like they were just dipped in 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 motor oil. And it and it, I can't even tell this is an auto repair facility no, when I'm sitting. It's beautiful. In. I want to make a point about the. Uh, the giving and receiving, we all struggle. I mean, for the most part, most of us have the humility side of giving, but we have a tough time receiving. So you have to be careful. It's like you and I, Bill, going to dinner. We're, we're knocking each other out. Who's going to pay the bill? It's like, no, I'm paying the bill. You know, as men, we do that. And sometimes I get in the way, right? And But if yeah. you have a point where there's a second or third visit and they want to pay for that, it's okay. Let them pay. Yeah. Because you're not giving them maybe, the opportunity. Maybe there's a jar or something. We give the money. You know, I have an idea on the front of that refrigerator, and I'm looking at it. Yeah. Just like you did all of those words in every different language, you should, you should put the word enjoy in all those languages yeah. right there on that. Yeah. And it would then ease the mind of someone. There's people that probably want to dip in there and enjoy something. And, you know, if I had a Pepsi here at Bill's, it connects me even further doesn't it? Yeah. Well, see, you got to be careful because my Russian friends, they would think if you're giving me this free, where are you finding it elsewhere? Am I paying it for uh, yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, we yeah, could go yeah, on yeah. and on, yeah, but, yeah, and yeah. again, we shouldn't reinvent the wheel. Look, if you've got a wholesome place, strip out the fact that you're fixing cars, yeah. forget that you opened your business for the spirit of what you do. That's right. And you open the door and it's not always going to be perfect, No. but as long as you have an inviting heart, your policies, procedures are in line, so it's not just one big old kumbaya because you'll be out of business. Yeah. But that's the invitation. That's the, you know, if you go to L.A. or areas of Southern California where there's a rich Asian population. In fact, I looked at a location, my wife and I did, out in California. This is years ago. And it was all, I mean, every sign was Asian. And my wife's like, what do we, can I don't think we can do this. I said, are you kidding me? Put me in there. I could do it. But sure. we ended up, for other reasons, not going in there. I want to bring up another point. Uh, when I had the three locations, one of my locations was in a very Mormon, big Mormon community. And I was told, oh, Frank, Mormons, you can't do business with Mormons. And I'm like, no, man. Because if you believe in your heart and the spirit of what you do and you're taking care yeah. of people, yeah. I mean, let's not reinvent the wheel. 
right? You just take care of people. Kindness, this, universal I mean, language. You know, that's what we're in yeah. the business for. So like, if I'm going to get insulted, a lot of us listening right now, we do this. When somebody says, why too much? Yeah. Or yeah. whatever. How come you know, so much? And, and, Frank and, is crossing his arms. And then, yeah, yeah we cross our arms like this. And, and, and uh, now we're in this defensive posturing where it's like, no, man, I'm going to still make a profit. Let me help you. Here's an option. Yep. It's a mistake assuming it's an in, it's an insult or it's a it's a challenge rather than an honest question. Why yeah, is it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's as simple as saying, "Well, what's it going to take for us to do business today?" I got to have a discount. Will ten dollars do it? Yes, because they want to win. They just want to win. So if ten dollars gets this gets me in in this customer's heart to understand why it is that you'd want to spend ten dollars more here than ten dollars somewhere else. Sign me up for it every single day. Hang and, on a minute. You had like three people walk out just right. now. Let's go. Exactly. No, no, yeah. no. Come back. <laughs> but that's the thing. Is, is it, the gap isn't that as wide as we think it is in many cases. Hey, I enjoyed this. I really did. I learned a lot. I believe our audience learned a lot. And uh, I would hope that we can go out there and do business uh, with more of the, uh, of the residents of our community as, they, as our communities continue and continue to diversify. Thanks for bringing the topic here, man. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. Appreciate Bill Nalu, Interstate Auto Care here in Madison Heights, Michigan. Frank Lloyds. Desert Car Care Chandler. Yeah, and Wrench Nation. And Brian Glowski from South Street Auto Care in Rochester, Michigan. Thanks for the adventure. It's been interesting. Oh, good. I'm glad you were here. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.